We've actually been in a series, and um, I'm going to share something different that I don't remember when I shared what I'm going to share this morning. We've been sharing from a verse of scripture uh, that says, don't be unequally yoked together. And we've been looking in the scripture at how that God compares somebody who knows the Lord and somebody who doesn't know the Lord and how that a person who knows the Lord, uh, God looks at them different than he looks at somebody who uh, knows the Lord. In other words, saved or unsaved, somebody who's received the Lord or not. And in the passage of scriptures, he calls a believer a believer, and he calls an unbeliever an unbeliever. And an unbeliever he calls darkness, and a believer he calls light. And so in getting ready for today, um, I really was impressed. And like I said, I haven't ever uh, done this maybe to the degree I'm going to today. I'm going to share my personal testimony. But I want to read a verse, you know, uh, as we get started in Romans, the sixth chapter, because a lot of the things I'm going to tell you or some of the things I'm going to tell you probably aren't the prettiest but uh, I don't, I, I don't want to glorify what I'm about to tell people. So here in Romans 6, I'm going to read this verse in verse 21. It says, what fruit did you have then in the things in which you are now ashamed? So he was talking about these people, how they had walked one day and how they had lived their life. And how they just kind of lived any way they wanted to, did different things. And then all of a sudden he came to know the Lord and the Lord's right way of life. And he said, I'm now ashamed of those things that I used to do. And then it goes on to say, um, he said, he talks about, I lost my place. Here we go. He says after that, he said, for the end of those things is death. And I know this, that when people hear the word death, they think, you know, you fall down on the ground and you're dead. But that is not what the Bible means about death. When the Bible talks about death, it's talking about the absence of all that is God. It's talking about the fulfillment that's in God, the life that's in God that you can't get in anything else. And so when I go to share some of these things, they're not to glorify them and to magnify these bad things that I did and how I lived. They're just to really give glory to God. I didn't have fruit but I in them. They didn't do anything for me, but I looked a lot like the poster child of a lot of people in the world. And I know sometimes people look at me now and I look so perfect. No amens, but... I wasn't always as perfect as I am now, not, not trying to say I'm perfect, but I grew up in the church, knew things, and I believe the Lord has spoke to me when I was a little kid, and, um, and, uh, but we just as a family didn't really go to church much. We didn't make it a priority as I got older. I started hanging around with different people, and uh, my attitude started changing in life, and uh, I did have some morals because I could remember, you know, like you, uh, some of my friends would cheat on their girlfriends and stuff. And I thought that that's wrong. At least break up with her then, you know, just my intelligence. And, um, 
as I lived this life, I started hanging around with people, making decisions that were not, not really good. And um, I ended up becoming an alcoholic at a young age. And I was drinking up to three six-packs a day of beer on the weekends and doing drugs. I was addicted to stuff. I had done so many hallucinogenics, you know, things that like mushrooms and other things and taking pills. My memory had got so messed up, I couldn't even count. Um, I could count, but I couldn't, like, have objects on the wall and go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and go like that. I'd have to go one, two, three, and put my hand there, and then go four, five, six, and move my hand, because my mind just got so twisted. And, um, you know, I believe that the Lord uh, helped me, because, um, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't want to glorify this, but I have overdosed and, you know, things I don't tell people about, you know, sitting in a park by myself, sweating and trees breathing and things disappearing and just thinking, am I going to make it through this? You know, and here I was a little boy and going to church and the Lord spoke to me and I just started going the wrong way. And I started making decisions that were really bad. And I was living in the world, and I was angry and unfulfilled. And uh, But it's weird because I had a, a good job as I got older, uh, meaning right out of high school. Um, I started working for a company, and uh, they started promoting me. And so I, I was working around other people, and so that... Uh, were probably as bad as me. I worked around a lot of alcoholics, worked around a lot of people who did drugs and we in construction. And so kind of certain doors just started opening to me. And here I am on this train and I'm riding the wrong way. And you know, you, you hear stories about people and sometimes people think there's no hope for anybody or, you know, what can happen? What can happen in the world today? And, you know, I mean, it was so bad with my anger um, and drugs and, you know, I was taking pills throughout the day. I was doing cocaine a lot, mushrooms enough to really jack my mind up and drinking every day. And my temper, boy, that grew uh, in a way that probably could have really cost me badly. I could remember um, being in the mountains with this one girlfriend. We lived right at the foothills, so you could be there in 10 minutes. And I was drinking in a car, and I remember a pine cone one time hit the top of the car. And I jumped out of the car, and there was two guys and two girls uh, there. And I, I looked at them, and I said, who threw that at the car? I didn't say it that nice. I said, I'll take you guys on right now. If anything happens, anything touches our car, and I'm trying to fight with people. And I just had got so miserable. And I mean, in a bad way. Only, you know, I mean, I'd fight for my friends. I mean, like literally, do just dumb things that could have cost me. And uh, here I am, and my friends, you know, you know, as I'm working, I'm starting to get promoted and make good money. And I could remember thinking, this is what everybody wants right here. Meaning good money, you're 20 years old, um, good job, you know, you get to party, do whatever you want to. And um, 
but I know that my life changed because of others. And so in John uh, 6.44, there's an interesting verse. Jesus said, you know, how he had come to the earth and how God would draw people to him. And he said, nobody comes to me unless God the Father draws them. And so I would say this for anybody who has relatives, family that don't know the Lord, that the Lord will draw those people if we will be committed to pray for them. You know, I can remember my mom telling me, you know, I'm praying for you, and I'm thinking, yeah, thank you. That's not what I need right now. I don't need you doing any of that. Little did I know. But I mean, my life was just spiraling. And, um, you know, you don't always think the best when you're that way. And I didn't even realize, apart from the Lord, my thinking wasn't too sharp. My reasoning wasn't sharp. I thought I was intelligent, but I was making bad decisions and um, just problems, problems, problems. And the, the biggest problem in my life was not just what was going on outward. And I can see this in the world today. It was what was happening inside. You know, I, I mean, if you looked on the things that, that the world says, you need this to have success, well, I had them. I had, you know, cool friends, you know, I had everything, go out to eat at the nice restaurants, do these different things, and, and I, there was something wrong. I could still remember laying in bed at night, and, and this is what's wild is people around me didn't know this. And, and I would lay in bed at night, and I would think, what in the world is life about? Why in the world am I even here? I even got to the point where I started resenting my parents, not because they were bad, but because they had me and they put me in this. And, I, and, and nobody knew these conflicts I was having. And uh, I would think, you know, I, I have this job, this money, this girlfriend, all these things that, that everybody, you know, I get along with the, my girlfriend and, you know, make good money and do these cool things, you know, that, that television, the movies told me is cool. And I'm thinking, this is not good. This, something is missing. So I totally understand why people today commit suicide. But to be honest with you, suicide is not an escape. It's actually uh, very problematic. And the world is not telling people the truth. I knew there was an afterlife. I knew there was something beyond me. Um, if I was just in control, I would have been a happy person. I would have been a fulfilled person. If I was in control, if I was doing everything they told me to do, I should have been totally fulfilled. I should have been as fulfilled as anybody on the earth. And uh, all my friends, you know, are... are looking at me thinking, well, you've got this, and, you know, and I'm looking at them thinking they've got this, but at the same time realizing um, I'm bankrupt. Something is wrong here. And so as I went along in this career, uh, the guy who worked next to me, uh, his wife, I didn't know this, 
uh, she didn't like me because I partied too much, but he did too, and he was probably a worse influence on me. So she, every night, would start praying for him because she had known the Lord at some point and just said, oh, Lord, you know, do something, reach him, send somebody across his path. I don't think she realized what she was asking for. She just couldn't stand where he was. And this guy gives his life to the Lord, and now I'm working next to him. And, uh, you know, he used to smoke cigars before it was cool and blow the smoke in your face. And, uh, and we were friends, and now all of a sudden he's changed, and he starts uh, going to this church, and people I had known, you know, like it was like duck hunting. All of a sudden, another person gave their life to the Lord, and I was like, yeah, I don't want that. And uh, here I am living my life, doing whatever I want to do, and uh, thinking, where is this leading me? Where, wh and, and I knew there was something beyond, because I knew what all I had experienced was doing nothing for me. It, it wasn't uh, fulfilling me. You know, and, and it wasn't like, you know, oh, I'll pay for this and can get fulfillment. I found that nothing was working. And so this guy who uh, was barely had given his life to the Lord had started witnessing to me. And he was not skillful. Meaning he didn't know all the perfect scriptures to tell. He didn't know, you know, these different things. And I really, to be honest with you, I didn't need that. As a matter of fact, I thought, I don't need anything you're selling. But I could remember driving because we worked together. And sometimes instead of us each taking our company vehicle to different offices and do work, we would go to offices together when it was necessary so we'd end up talking and I could remember, you know, and they still stick with me today where we'd be driving down the road and he'd say, you know, do, do you know the Lord? If you died today, where would you go? And I'd think, I don't know. And, and he'd leave it at that. And he didn't know much. And uh, I could remember God started working on me. And this is what's so wild. And this is why as believers we should continue to pray. Nobody saw the internal conflict that I was having. That when I would get done partying now at night, I'd be at home thinking, you know, getting ready to go to bed, and I'm with myself thinking, what is this accomplishing? Where am I going? I don't know how to describe it, but, you know, uh, in old times, uh, ships were sailing ships, and there were areas that... Uh, you know, is reading history that you didn't want to have a ship in a certain area at a certain time of day or the winds would change and your ship could just drift into the rocks. And so for me, my life was like a sailing ship that had no wind blowing. Uh, it was like, man, there's nothing driving me. There's nothing working for me. There's nothing taking me anywhere. There's no wind in my sail. And I thought, there's got to be more. And I'm not looking at the Lord like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a preacher someday. Uh, that was not what I was thinking at all. And um, I remember all this internal 
turmoil, and I was thinking, I need to change. I need to get rid of some of the junk in my life. I was starting to realize that these things that I had begun to accept that I knew were wrong from a little child, now I'm starting to accept them like they're okay. And I didn't realize little by little they were robbing me. They were taking from me. They were not giving to me. And one thing about the world is they tell you, you need all this stuff. You need to do this. You need to be your own person. You don't need anybody to tell you what to do. Well, we were created beings. We need somebody to tell us certain things and to be honest. So by me following their instructions, I'm adding things to my lifestyle that are actually taking away. And the more I'm doing it my way, the more things are being taken away. And I don't mean monetary, but inwardly, things were getting really bad. And uh, I was super miserable. And so I thought, maybe if I just get rid of some of this stuff, maybe I'll, I'll come to God and, and, and then he'll, he, you know, that'll be what it is. I was thinking some kind of religious experience. But really what happened was, I remember as the days were going on and God was dealing with me and it seemed like things started to come to a head in my life where I'm just, you know, and I, like I said, I'm convinced it's because people were praying for me and people were witnessing to me and God was working. At the time, I didn't realize it was God. But I can remember this one time going to a party with my girlfriend down at Newport Beach and it was on 15th Street. I remember a friend, their family owned this. You know, we're 20, 21 years old at the time. Going down there, and I thought, I need to straighten up and quit doing drugs. I need to quit um, smoking marijuana. I need to quit all these different things. And one, I'd been getting threats from my girlfriend uh, because of how I was acting sometimes. And uh, so I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to this party, and I'm not going to do anything. I'm not even going to bring anything with me, so I, I don't have any problems. And I remember I was hanging out, and, uh, man, it was like a light bulb. Like, God, I don't know, maybe God sent this guy. But this guy came up to me and was talking to me at this party, and he said something to me that just rattled me. He just said, man, you're actually a nice person when you're not high. And I thought, I almost leaned the other way where I'd get in a fight. Because I thought, how dare you say that? And then I thought, what an idiot I must be if he's complimenting me because I'm not all messed up. And I thought, it just started, lights started going on. I was thinking, man, everything that everybody told me was a cool thing, I'm so dissatisfied. And, and, and life is miserable. And I'm thinking, and here I am trying to quit, and people are saying, when you're not doing this, you know, and I'm thinking, I've been doing this for years. What kind of person have I been? I mean, it was just so blinding. And I remember when the guy walked away, I just kind of sat there, and I still think about it. I, I thought, wow. You know, because I'm thinking about everybody there. I'm thinking about me, and I'm thinking, 
wow, how delusional are we if all of a sudden now I'm sober and without everything that the world says I need, I'm actually a better person? And I'm thinking, there's something wrong here. And I remember this was probably one of the times in my life where I really believe I saw the devil work. And um, I was at a party, and there were some people there in the types of party, the type of time. It wasn't just like marijuana. There were drugs there. And I had told myself, I'm not going to party. I'm not going to do anything. And there were several guys there that had different kinds of drugs, like cocaine and some other stuff. And they got up from where they were sitting, and I was kind of off, and there's a lot of people, or a number of people there, and they came right over to me, and they said, uh, we noticed you haven't been partying tonight. Well, they knew. They never offered me nothing before. And people like supernaturally, not from supernatural God, but from the devil, I'm convinced, came up to me, in a place where I'm trying to make a push toward God, not knowing how to do it. And they're like, hey, you want to do some cocaine? And I'm thinking, no, where is it? And I'm doing it. Then somebody else offers me something, and I'm doing it. And here I am, not even making it halfway through the night, and I'm back where I was. And I thought, how could life be like this? This stuff's controlling me. And, and, and my life is driven by this. And, and I'm thinking, I'm doing the very thing that makes me not fulfilled, not happy, and in other people's eyes makes me not uh, very uh, accommodating, I don't know, kind, nice. And I remember thinking, what is going on here? And I remember stopping and thinking, here I am. And these guys, and I've known these guys for years, have never, ever offered me anything. As a matter of fact, you know the word tightwad? Anybody know what that yeah. means? They don't share, don't do nothing. They would never do anything for anybody. They were the kind of people who would never, ever do anything. As a matter of fact, people talked about them like they were like that. And here they are. The people who would never do anything are offering me everything. And I'm thinking, you know, it was my, my life was so bad at that time. I could just blow like that with my nose and blood would come out. I would snort pills. I would snort cocaine. I would do anything except stick a needle in my arm because I didn't like needles. Real intelligent. I mean, I was so dumb. I remember these girls we'd take to school, and I would say, we can all smoke marijuana in the car. My brother would be driving. He didn't do this. And, and then I would smoke, get high before school, because that was the way you do it in high school for me. And I remember the girls then would go to smoke a cigarette, and I'd say, hey, no smoking cigarettes. I do not want to smell like that. Because, you know, I'm pretty intelligent. And... <laughs> You know, my, what I'm saying is my mind was just so twisted, and the further along, the more twisted I got, and my memory, my ability to reason started getting twisted. I, I remember after Odin one time uh, just feeling like somebody hit me with a tractor for days. 
and thinking, what, what is going on? And this friend that God was using, and I'm, and I'm convinced God was using uh, my mom's prayers. I'm convinced of that. And so if anything that I'm saying, um, pray for people. Pray that God would send labors. Pray that God would deal with people. I mean, I was as hopeless as anybody. But I thought I was hopeless, but I really wasn't. I remember, you know, laying at bed, you know, the last few nights before I had uh, surrendered my life to the Lord. And I remember just thinking I was in turmoil. It, this was a long time coming. And, and on September 10th, 1985, I prayed a prayer that changed my life. But what's so interesting about that prayer is actually throughout the years since back in 1985, that has been a uh, governing thing over my life. It's kind of like something I go back and I check in on. And I believe God challenges me on it. So in 1985, in, you know, one night, uh, I think I may, I may have not even done drugs that day. It was in that whole end cycle where I'm trying to quit, trying to do things, and thinking, man, what is life about? And uh, I didn't know that you could know what life is about, not by a sentence, not by a statement, but by an encounter with God. See, I grew up, my, great, my grandfather was a preacher, so I went to church when I was a little kid. I was around religious things. But, but I had thought, oh, it's all about religion. I didn't know somebody could actually have an encounter with the living God. And so on September 10th, I remember laying in bed thinking, I've got this great job. I've got this girlfriend that looks like a model. I've got all this stuff that everybody, you know, if you just check all the boxes, you know, and think, well, this is what the world says is what you're supposed to have. And if you have these things, this is it. And um, I thought, I've got them, or I have access to them, or I've experienced them. And I thought, I'm miserable. My life is a mess. On paper, it didn't look a mess in some aspects. As a matter of fact, I remember after I gave my life to the Lord, this is how blind I was. A friend of mine that I'd known since junior high school, he runs all of in and out He's the head person. He's in the family, and he runs the whole thing. We were, this was some years later. He said, man, when I knew you, when you lived like that, he said, I would have voted you the least likely to succeed in life. He said, you are a different person. Normally, I'm not emotional. But when I prayed that prayer, um, I basically said, you know, I've made a mess of my life. And it's like destroyed. And I said, if you can help me, you can have it. And I remember... Uh, Man, I'm not real emotional, but um, God came into my room in a way um, 
I didn't know he could. And uh, what was so cool, he didn't come in my room. He came inside me. And uh, all that stuff was instantly gone. What was so wild was I hated people. I hated myself. I hated people. And if you were my friend, that was good. If you weren't my friend and you crossed me, I may not be able to whip you, but I could do you wrong. And I could do you wrong, and I would. And uh, so I didn't have a lot, of, a lot of people that would turn their back on me. And um, I remember thinking, man, after I gave my life to the Lord, you know, something changed that um, I, I, I had a, attempted to change. And uh, I was free from alcohol. I was free from drugs. What was so wild was my mentality. Um, I didn't know this is true, and I didn't know that a person's life could change this dramatically. Um, but my mentality had gotten so messed up from doing drugs and living in the world that when uh, I gave my life back to the Lord, there's a scripture in Daniel about some people in Daniel 120 that that had um, decided to consecrate themselves to the Lord. And it said their mentality was ten times wiser. They became ten times wiser than all the other people. And I remember when I gave my life to the Lord that night, something changed. The very next day, I remember uh, all of a sudden I could count normal again. And I thought, what in the world is this? And all of a sudden, my ability to reason and argue with people, it was like I became a chess master overnight. I mean, it may sound like the funniest thing, but in my mentality, I didn't know eternal life would do this. I didn't know God coming into a person could do this. All of a sudden, I could see like an argument and like almost every angle that a person would use and could navigate like that like I never could before. And all of a sudden, my mentality just jumped, my memory to, to be able to recall, you know, statements, uh, things, and, and, and it grew. I mean, like where I can, I can still do it today, call back a conversation I had months ago with somebody or a year ago with somebody. People who know me, and I know Pastor Linda enjoys that, it's good and not good. You know what I mean? But the problem is I can remember some of mine and I go, yuck, I shouldn't have said it like that. But literally my mentality increased so much when I gave my life to the Lord. And one thing that happened is that uh, my love for people changed. Nobody told me, hey, what you need to do now that you're a Christian is, is love one another. One thing I found out, I love myself now. And one thing about being a Christian was I wanted to love people. I remember I hadn't even told my girlfriend because I told, I didn't want to tell anybody. I said um, to the Lord I, I, and to myself, I thought, well, I'm not going to tell anybody what's going on here. I thought this is too good to be true. This won't last. And I remember being in the car like a day or two after with my girlfriend, and I was turning the corner, and a person was walking in the crosswalk, and uh, they had the right of way. But normally, if you were blocking my path, I, you were going to hear it. I'd say something to you. 
So I went to yell at him. And I remember starting to yell and going, I'm sorry, and put my head down and roll up the window. That was before everybody had power windows. So I rolled it up real quick, and I remember her turning and staring at me. And I just had my head down, and I'm driving. She was looking. She didn't know I was saved. And she was thinking, what in the world's going on? Up An apology? Uh, a not being mean to somebody? I was always kind to her. But here I am thinking, oh, and I, I remember driving down the street going, oh, I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't have done that, and kind of mumbling it under my breath. And she is looking at me like, what in the world is going on? And I remember telling her, uh, we need to go out to eat. So she tells our, all her friends, he's going to propose to me. Hey. That meal didn't turn out exactly like she thought. So I go in there and said, hey, I gave my life to Jesus. I'm not the way I used to be. I don't plan on sinning anymore and living all these different ways. I just don't want to do it. To my utter amazement, she didn't want to eat anything else. And she was done and wanted to leave. And I'm thinking, this is the most exciting day of my life. I'm not thinking that she feels like I just robbed her of something. And then I remember taking her home and her telling me, I can't believe you did that to me. And I'm thinking, what I do to you? You know, and I'm thinking, my life is so awesome. She said, could you just hug me? And I'm thinking, what for? <laughs> you know, meaning, but she's totally devastated by this. I'm thinking this is the happiest thing in my life. This is incredible. Every euphoric feeling I had uh, that left me empty with all those drugs and alcohol, I'm experiencing without it, and I'm not waking up all jacked up and hung over, and, and life is exciting, and, and I actually know God. I'm having an encount a constant encounter with him. And I remember her saying, will you do that? So I said, okay. And I remember praying for or saying, okay, I'll do that. And I'm thinking the whole time, Lord, what's in me, help her to know. Help her to know what I've got. And I remember witnessing to her uh, that day that I had started reading my Bible. And that day I remember telling her, you know, if you died, you, you'd go to hell, not because you're worse than everybody, but that's it, the place where everybody goes who doesn't know the Lord. And I'll close with this. Um, three weeks later, a bee flew up her sleeve after she was getting high with some of her friends, and they were counseling her about me and how I was so messed up now that I know the Lord and that, you know, he's just, he's, there's something really wrong with him. And uh, she got stung by a bee, and they're all high, and she just started freaking out. And all her friends started laughing at her because she said, if I died right now, my dad's allergic to bees, and if I died right now, I'd go to hell. Where'd she learn that? Just my little bit of witnessing. But God had already taken that seed and started growing it in her. And she's like, quit laughing, and they're laughing more and more at her. She said, no, I will. I'll go to hell. And I remember the next day she gave her life to the Lord. But I know this that, and I'm going to say this as we close, that that prayer that I prayed, I think has been to me the biggest thing that I've ever done in my life, not just because I prayed it back then, 
but the formula of it. I basically said, you can have my whole life. It's a mess. You can do whatever you want with it. It's yours. And this is what I said. I'll obey whatever you want. I found this out. Anytime I've ever drawn back from obeying completely, even the smallest things that he's dealing with me about, that life just isn't what it should be, even though I'm saved. And so I've learned this, that that prayer uh, that I made way back then was a prayer that everybody prays, and really to make the Christian life work, it has to be really all the way. And so anyway, I just thought I would share because I haven't shared where I was and how I had been, where I'd come from in I don't know when. I mean, I'll say a little thing here, a little thing there. But I know this, God's grace was so big to me, and I believe it's so big to everybody. I would encourage you, if you're a Christian or you've known the Lord, uh, realize this, obedience and just a real surrender to him, no matter where you're at, makes all the difference. Makes all the difference. Doesn't matter if you know him or don't know him. If you don't know him, you, you surrender and give your life. If you do know him, surrender is the only way to really live at the top and to really live fulfilled. And I've found that, that as I've gone on further, I recognize eternal life is a long time. So we want to just do it the best we can while we're here and obey him.